0: You're listening to Dirty Feet, a dance podcast. I'm Alison Burns. This is a very special episode of the Dirty Feet podcast. This week, I'm actually changing roles and I'm going to be interviewed rather than doing the interviewing uh, this entire episode features a another podcast entirely called The Working Arts by Erica Martin. It's a new podcast that explores what it's like to work as an artist in reality. Erica is based out of London, England, and she speaks to a variety of different artists from a variety of different countries, um, theater artists, musicians, piano players, singers, and myself a dancer. So you get a lot of different perspectives and she asks the really nitty gritty questions about what it means to be an artist. It's an amazing exploration of the behind the scenes reality of artists' lives and it's wonderful. So this is the eighth episode, which features myself being interviewed by Erica. There are seven other episodes that are excellent and I highly recommend you check it out. So for those of you who are new to listening to Dirty Feet and don't necessarily have a context on who I am, Allison, this is an interesting way to learn more about your host. Now I'm going to turn it over right away to the working arts. Enjoy.
1: It's Erica. I'm back with episode eight. Super excited to share with you the second interview from my Montreal series. This one features Allison Burns, who is my very first dancer on the working arts. I met Allison this past summer through my brother Travis. Um, They're an item. And I was very happy to have the chance to sit down with her. Um, a few weeks ago and talk about her life working in the contemporary dance scene in Ottawa in Canada Allison also helped me out immensely when I was starting to work on the working arts because uh, she has been the host of her own podcast about dance for a long time now called Dirty Feet which you can subscribe to on iTunes or through nomoreradio.com Allison and I uh, enjoyed a a latte, a homemade latte, and uh, the company of my good friend Maureen's little dog, Rosie. So if you do hear any scratchy noises, it's it's just Rosie getting herself settled in. Enjoy. I have lived a passionate life. I've sung songs of mourning, of strife. I have won wars with the drum and the fife. Couldn't you do the same? Thank you. Thank you for um, having a coffee with me and Rose and talking about, talking, talking some dance stuff.
0: Uh, my pleasure. How did you get into dance? So the way I remember it is my parents kind of threw me into a bunch of activities when I was young. They like had me try piano and try violin and uh, ballet and the only thing that stuck was the dance. I'm a little secret a terrible musician, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, none of that really panned out very well. Um, but dance was something that I was still really enthusiastic about and wanted to keep doing You know, every year when it came time to register for extracurricular activities. I was like, yeah, let's keep doing that. Mm. Um, so that was just something I did recreationally until I got into high school, and I went to an arts high school. So I uh, was kind of lucky. Yes. <laughs> it was the best. Um, it was amazing to go to a high school where people had auditioned to be there. It was just such a difference where people wanted to be at school. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, so I, I don't relate to a lot of like the high school movies. It wasn't my experience, a yeah, like, yeah. really great high school experience. Um, so that was a moment too where I was kind of choosing to put dance as a priority in my life. Yeah. Um, and then again, when the choice came to what university to go to and then to choose dance as my main field of study, that again was another moment where I chose mm-hmm. that art form. So yeah.
1: What kind of, so what kind of, um, did you study all kinds of dance or did you like dabble and specialize in one thing?
0: So growing up I took a lot of ballet, that's where I think a lot of people start. Yeah. And then through there, you know, I was doing the RAD, which is the Royal Academy of Dance uh, syllabus, which includes character dancing, which is like you learn a little Spanish dance, a little dance from Hungary, a little Russian dance. Um, and then I took jazz very briefly, um, and then once it came to high school, at Canterbury is the high school I went to in Ottawa, they have, it's modern and ballet are the two main, uh, dance forms that you study. Is modern, like, contemporary? Or is it- Yeah, I usually describe modern as, like, the rejection of ballet. Okay. So that's the style where you get rid of the shoes, uh, you're barefoot, you get into the floor, it's a lot of contraction release suspension a lot of like principles that are counter to the ballet like being very high up on your toes and lifted and straight lines it's a little more earthy and rounded flexed feet and then contemporary dance um, uh, is a lot more all-encompassing it kind of involves a blending of different dance forms and also brings in like theatrics and visual art and kind of becomes more conceptual and uh, Really free. It's really tricky because you can see two contemporary dance shows that look like they have nothing to do with one another, and they're still considered the same style. Yeah, that's funny. Well, yeah.
1: I guess it's more about um, self-expression.
0: Yes, right. I would say because
1: you 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 make shows, right? That are just are they sort of um, um, like devised, right? Do
0: like choreographed.
1: Makes, yeah, yeah. So like, and is it often just you, or is it you and other disciplines, like sort of mixed inside? um or art forms I should say.
0: Yeah, I almost always have a collaborator, a partner in crime. I usually like to co- collaborate with musicians because that's a weakness for me and I can't go out and write my own score or even sometimes like, I'm just not the best person to consult with when I'm trying to score something or <laughs> or find a piece of music for it, so I often seek out somebody who who has more skill in that area to uh, to help you know complement my weakness there. Um, so so yeah. So high school was modern and ballet, and then university was a contemporary dance program. And once I got to university, I dropped my ballet practice. So I have 14 years of ballet, and then and then contemporary became my my everything. Um, but however, that's not necessarily true because I've been expanding my studies and taking things like salsa and break dance, and mm. just trying to make sure I'm as versatile as I can be. I even see, like, I was rock climbing for a while there, and, like, that informs my movement as well. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess anything that involves movement yeah, of some kind is going to uh, affect...
0: Totally. Yoga. It makes me think,
1: stupidly, because we were talking about bringing it on. <laughs> I love it. It makes me think of, like, the last routine they decide to make, you know, as a team, they just devise their own uh, routine, you know, at the end. Mm-hmm. And they pick little things from different... Uh, art forms like martial arts and contemporary dance and like all these things in order to make their <laughs> their cheerleading routine.
0: Yeah. But it's like
1: anything that they were they were like, let's just learn everything and then we can make something that's us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And obviously, it's not the same
0: thing, but that's the first that came to my mind. Totally. Why not? Anyway. There you go. And that probably connects with more people out there than <laughs> like,
1: that's contemporary what this is like, actually. you guys. Oh,
0: <laughs> Remember, bring it
1: on. The first one. That's okay. basically my life. For okay. <laughs> <laughs> my life is basically pregnant. That's not a bad thing. Um, so did you ever want to be a ballerina? Was that ever like, d- do you find that that was like sometimes your teacher's goals to like form you into ballerina?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think very briefly there's growing up, especially like in the, in the younger years of my studying ballet, like the, the, the point shoes and the tutu were things that were like held over our head. Like, that, those were goals that you wanted to hit. Like, you mm. wanted to get to the right age where your ankles were strong enough that you got to put the point shoes on and take those point classes. And then, like, you had to get the right role, and then you got a tutu, and you got to buy a tutu and wear it at the show. <laughs> and are was like, these are, this is what you lived for uh, as a little ballerina. Um, so definitely there were moments in my life where I wanted to be a ballerina. I even I got to perform in the Nutcracker because Les Grand Ballets Canadiennes, they do, I think it's, once a year, or once every two years, they do it in Montreal, and then on the alternate years, they do it in Ottawa. Okay. And they always um, audition the local kids for the roles, from, like, mice to rats to, like, what they called the Oriental dancers. Okay. Uh, and I was a reindeer, and so Aww, that was a lot
1: of fun. That's so exciting. is
0: that but... exciting,
1: Rose? She <laughs> just looked at me, right, and
0: you said that, like, oh, my God. <laughs> She's so impressed. <laughs> so... But I, I, it wasn't really, it was like a flash in the pan. I think I think I learned real quickly that um, to be that kind of performer, you have to give so much, and I just wasn't willing to give that much. I also don't have the right body for it. It's a really specific body for, for, for ballet, uh, for classical dance. Um, and I'm very happy with my body, but it's not a ballet body. Okay. So, yeah. I guess that's, I mean, yeah. I I think more and more. Like the
1: more I talk to regular people, <laughs> um, normies, regular normies. No, no, actually, what I mean by that is just like regular old artists, not people who are you know straight up. Like if I were interviewing a straight up ballerina, then it, we might have a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but people who tend to dabble in a lot of different things, um, or who are doing more contemporary stuff, contemporary music, contemporary this, that, or art, or whatever um it tends to be more like you know I did I did you know look into that obviously and I've been trained and blah 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 but it's more about um me as an individual my art the stuff I bring to the table and what can I create or what can I create with another person rather Mm -hmm. than recreating somebody else's vision from a couple hundred years ago Mm -hmm. type thing Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean
0: totally totally and I think I think I feel the same way though about ballet as about being like an intensive. Um, contemporary or modern dancer because there are some powerhouses out there that just blow my mind just like built and fit and and fluid and just gorgeous to watch on stage but I recognize just how much time they've given and dedication I mean then at that point you're talking about everything you eat, how much sleep you get, like what your daily routine is in terms of going to the gym doing your yoga, doing your dance practice like everything in your life is about being that yeah um, and and so, whatever the genre was, I wasn't willing to go to that extreme. I'm much happier having, like, a portfolio of skills yes. and strengths. And I recognize that that means, like, I can't go to Over to Go and audition and expect to get anywhere. Um, which is why I do a lot of independent projects. I do a lot of collaborations. I produce my own work frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the only way I can guarantee that I'm going to get on stage. Yeah. So...
1: And you can, you can guarantee what it is you're doing on stage, because when you win an audition for something, then you're sort of, it's out of your control what you're presenting in a way, because mm-hmm. you'll, if you're part of somebody's, somebody else's vision, or mm-hmm. you have a bit part in something or whatever, it's like you can't express yourself in the way you can when you are deciding what you're putting on stage,
0: mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm.
1: When you're choreographing something, like, do you, so if you're doing it for yourself, let's say in your like devising a piece, I guess, do you have a story in mind that you're trying to tell or is it like you just start moving and then something comes from that or is there other options?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Though There's a lot of different ways that I've um, created work. The university degree I did at Concordia is primarily a choreographic degree, so that's where their focus is really more than, than creating like dancer technicians. Like they want to create people who think creatively and can kind of make a composition of dance that's that's outside of the box and mm-hmm. just stretch their thinking. Um, so, so in that way, I've been giving lots of tools and how to start something like that. And what? What is the initial inspiration? And then how do you take that? And um, usually it's like an, um, I take a theme, improvise on that theme, and begin to devise like a uh, a mood or a look or some sort of compartment that the dance is going to exist in. Because the the other thing is that there's so much, that I want to say and that I think it looks interesting on stage and it's usually a matter of just cutting it down and saying okay no but what's relevant to what this piece is and what this is that we're trying to say right here and I have been working um with narrative which is really uh I think for me what makes a difference between like a dance that feels really good to do in studio for myself and something worth showing to other people (laughs) right yeah (laughs) I think uh I see, I consume a lot of dance. Okay. And I I get upset when I see something on stage that looks to me like an awesome experiment and that they're having a great time, but I'm not really clear why I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) Why it's important that they've shown it to me. Mm -hmm. So I think narrative is a nice way to do that. Um, I also leave a lot of room for my body and the movement to tell me something about whatever I'm exploring. Okay. So I often don't start at the beginning. Yeah. I'll start somewhere in the middle and see what happens and I don't always know where it's gonna end because mm-hmm. um, sometimes through improv I will understand something or through repetition of a movement I'll have a realization of some sort just yeah
1: I was thinking about this the other day that it, you know regular people and I do mean
0: regular people
1: like they have a easier time expressing themselves through like you know speaking, and writing and tweeting and all this kind of thing but expressing themselves physically is, is difficult because I guess they're not used to doing it um, and so you know using your body sort of like in a, in an expressive way is you know kind of daunting and scary and, it, and it's because it's very makes you feel kind of vulnerable and all these kinds of things mm-hmm. um, which is I think you know why you, you enjoy teaching right because you, yeah. you get to see how that impacts people like how how, or how do you find that it impacts people when they're moving around for the f- first time in a dance class?
0: Well, I think, I think um, first of all, like, my approach to teaching comes a lot from that, um, the same philosophy of, of my relationship to dance, where I'm like, okay, why does it have to be all or nothing? Um, I, I... <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Just sit down.
1: Um, anyway. Right. So, <laughs> totally distracted.
0: So the, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure a lot of people feel this way about something that's very um, important to them, but I feel like I would love more people to have a relationship with dance and to not feel so shy about it, not feel so afraid of it. Um, and, and I'm also telling that to myself, you know, that yeah. it's that it's okay for me to pursue this, even though I'm not part of, you know, a, an amazing company. Um, that everybody knows the name of. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's still, I still own it. It's still part of me. It's still valuable and, and valid. Um, so I want other people to be able to feel that as well, um, whatever their relationship is to it. And I'm getting a lot of people in my classes who have either never, ever touched dance before or who used to dance when they were little and at some point made the choice not to dance anymore mm-hmm. and miss it. Yeah, um, and it's often a very emotional thing for people that they feel like, oh, you know, that has that ship has sailed, that time has passed. It's not something that they ha- like have access to anymore. Yeah. So I really like being able to offer both of those offer both of those people a place where they can move. Um, and, and I had somebody tell me the last session I taught that, that they found that I tricked them into dancing, which is <laughs> really exciting. I was like, perfect, because I use a lot of, like, imagination, and we do, like, a really long lead improvisation. So, so th- like, I'm, I'm getting people to think a lot about what they're doing, and they're, and they're, doing, they're running through tasks, and they're, going, they're moving in whatever way feels good based on that task, and they kind of get out of... Um, they don't think so much about what they're doing with their bodies, and then all of a sudden they're... They're in their bodies. And I'm really excited about being able to offer that kind of mind-body connection to people. And I love practicing that way myself as well. Mm -hmm. It's very expressive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's also great for, like, any... If you have an injury or limited capacity in one way or another physically, like, you're not excluded from the experience. Yeah, You just take care of yourself in the way you need to.
1: Yeah, and, like, you move in your own way. And it's yeah. not necessarily, you know, you have to do it this way, blah blah blah. Yeah,
0: and it's kind of a, it's kind of like a workaround too, rather than like a traditional dance class where you're going to learn like a sequence and then everyone's going to do it over and over again until you kind of like, yeah, get to a point where you can dance it. Um, so yeah. the idea with the structured improv is like we're just going to start dancing, yeah, and we'll see what happens, yeah. yeah, totally. So
1: how do you see because you work a lot in the in the community like locally or I think wherever you live you you tend to work a lot in the in the community in the dance community what are the kind of changes that you're trying to work on in the community now or what changes would you like to see in the dance community
0: so so I just moved to Ottawa back to Ottawa in July so I've been there for six months already it's been kind of like a whirlwind of running around trying to meet as many people as I can and talk to as many people in the industry who can give me an idea of what's happening in that community. And I think what conclusions I've come to, which are probably not that different from other places, is that there's, um, there's an issue with audience development and audience education that, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically there is no audience, and there is no audience because people don't understand contemporary dance, are afraid of it, are not interested. Um, or see one end of the spectrum and don't enjoy it and missing miss out on the other end of the spectrum that they might actually really enjoy yeah because it is such a wide range wide range of um, talent as well as style and the other the other issue for Ottawa specifically is that um, there's not a really like big community or established community so it's growing it's at like a really interesting point right now where there's the there's the Ottawa Dance Directive and the School of Dance and uh, a few small companies that are kind of offering opportunities for dance artists in the city. And it's, you can kind of hobble together a, a career there as a, as a dance artist, but right now there's not a lot of spaces available for, for those okay. kind of people. So it's a matter of like creating more job opportunities and getting more artists in and, and just building it. Like that, which I think is going to happen. I think it has been happening, and I think I'm arriving at a really interesting time for that. And uh, and being a choreographer myself, you know, I'm producing a show for June, and I'm hiring local artists for it, so I'm contributing to that growth in yeah. the community. Um, audience education is a weird one, though. It's funny. There's a few. There's a few programs being run in the city, like Taralou's Dance, works with the francophone community in. Um, bringing workshops to schools mm. in Ontario, and then the School of Dance does the same thing with the English community. So there's, there's little, there's there's projects. There's hap- people are enthusiastic about this, and things are happening, and audiences are being educated, and it's it's hopeful. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's good. That's good that you weren't just like, oh, it's just a complete shit show. and like... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs>
0: Like I get that sometimes, (laughs) and I'm like, like, uh, some. It's funny. Like sometimes you work so hard to promote a show, or promote my class has been hard too because I'm new to the city, and it's like, am I just trying to sell something that nobody wants? (laughs) Like, and that's when I have to come back to like, okay, why am I putting this on stage? Why do people need to see this? Why do people need access to this class? Mm -hmm. What is going on here that is not just for me as as the dance nerd? that really wants other people to appreciate this.
1: Um, I just sort of believe that like everyone needs to just have therapy in their lives in some way, and I and I think that if everyone like on the planet had therapy slash you know food and water and all these things, um, they, they everything would be okay. We would understand each other better, and 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 we would be able to express ourselves and not bottle it up and become you know mentally ill and all of these kinds of things that stand in your way. And I think that art is a huge Way of expressing yourself. That's why we have stuff like music therapy, and um, anything that you do physically. Definitely, dance is so expressive. And I think if the more people, and exact audience education, but also just sort of straight up education. Like if we had more of this stuff in schools, if people are learning this early on, because it's never. I was never told. I didn't go to an art school at all. <laughs> I went to a school that was just like a high school that was eh, more geared towards the sciences. I think um and like history a little bit and stuff but it was never like you have to take a dance class do you know what I mean um and sometimes there's like a music requirement or something but there's never a dance requirement and I think expressing yourself physically can really help you it is
0: a it is a form of therapy do you not find Mm -hmm. no absolutely and and I've looked into into getting certified as a dance therapist in the past and for many reasons, decided not to go that route, but like absolutely, I find it extremely therapeutic for myself, and I've had nothing but but positive reactions from from people who take my class. And I just recognize that that it it, it I mean, physical activity just full yeah. stop is amazing for your well being and for your um, happiness. You get those endorphins going. You improve your self esteem. Like. It, it's incredible what it can do for you and then when it gets into this realm you have artistic expression as well and Mm -hmm. there is something divine there certainly and something really healing about about dance yeah
1: make money oh. or how have you made money in the past <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know excellent uh, just because I know that's this is something that I tend to bring up a lot just because
0: it's important um, to talk about
1: it's important to talk about yeah. it's something you know we, uh, you know my friend and I have this conversation we are we, talking about when we're intro- when we introduce ourselves to somebody <laughs> and you know we say oh I'm an actor or whatever and we tend to sort of downplay what the art that we do because mm-hmm. we don't make necessarily make money all the time doing it, and and um and my friend started started saying it with more like, no, I do this, and mm-hmm. I'm doing this right now, rather than oh, blah, blah, blah. Um So I'm just wondering, do you ever feel that way, or just as a <laughs> of sidebar? Of
0: course, I believe that statistically, dance artists make the least amount of money in terms of artists in Canada. Yeah, okay, it's, it's pretty really. Cool. Um, something that happened when I moved to Ontario was I joined the, uh, Canadian Alliance of Dance Artists, the Ontario division. Okay. And they have a, there, there's a reason that I'm saying all this. There's, they have a best practices guide and it includes, um uh things like minimum payments like like it's not a union nothing is is um, required they're just making suggestions on how the industry should be what the standards should be um, and it's been incredibly helpful for me to read that document and I'm just like I should have read this 10 years ago mm. because it, it 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 allows for all of it it's like chances are if you're a dance artist you have another job yeah these are the these are the things like uh, just a little little, places in this document where they say things like so if somebody changes the rehearsal last minute and it requires you to miss a shift um, you don't have to attend the rehearsal like like it it just it's built in to protect the dance artists with the understanding that they're not making a lot of money that they're likely not employees that they're working on contract um, and and it gives an idea of what the standards should be Mm. and i think it's i think it's everyone's responsibility in the arts industry to to do their best to maintain those standards because mm-hmm. as soon as I say I don't have any money so these artists that I want to hire I'm going to see if I can get their, their time for free that's perpetuating the problem yes. it's hard for me to then turn around and say okay I need somebody to pay me for the work that I'm going to do for them so I've, I'm setting out I, I haven't been an Ontario resident for long enough to um, be eligible for a lot of the grants over there
1: Yeah, okay. but
0: I'm going to be paying my artists anyway because I want that to, yes. To be in motion, mm-hmm. I want that to. I want to help the industry in that way. Yes. Um, in terms of being paid, I mean, there's the there's the, the trifecta, right? Where you need two of the three. You either need the money, or uh, to enjoy what you're doing, or to be learning something. So as long as you have two of those three, then the I've project is worth. Heard it. that before? Yeah. That's so. Do it again. Okay. So either making money. <laughs> okay. Uh, enjoying what you're doing. Um, and or um, be learning something. So, for example, I was working on a project for several years in Montreal, and try as we might, we could not find a way to properly fund my position there, which was fine until I stopped learning. Uh, in which case, even though my heart was in it and I loved it, I was that was the only of the three that I was getting and I had to stop working okay. on the project. So I think it's a lot of that, just like reflecting on on what the project is, if I'm getting money or not, and then of course I've had I've worked mostly in like the English language theater industry and administration roles to just pay my rent. Okay. And I've recognized recently that I need to be working part time because I'm not going to stop creating dance and taking on dance projects, Uh, so I need to leave space for that in my life and uh live on a smaller budget for the sake of being able to do what I love because often I think like 75% of the time I'm not being paid for the artistic work that I do in dance yeah so um tell me about your podcast okay how did you start podcasting (gasps) So, when I was still in university, I was a guest on Movement Museum, which at the time was a CKUT show, which is the McGill radio station, like the community radio station, and the show uh, was about dance, and it was a weekly show, and I joined the team after being interviewed, and um, I eventually took over the production for the show, when the producer left, Uh, and I ran that for a while, Um, but there were a few restrictions on it, like it was the same time every week. It was an hour long. You had to incorporate ads. Mm. Um, so for a lot of those reasons, we decided to go rogue. I had a team of uh, two other people at that time and another friend who was starting a network called No More Radio, a oh, podcast yeah. network. Yeah. yeah. So we jumped ship and uh, we left Movement Museum for Dirty Feet, which is the podcast that I founded on the No More Radio network. And we... We just had more flexibility that way. We could make the episodes however long we wanted to. We could go to the artist so the artist could come to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't have to deal with ads or anything like that. And the idea, too, was that it could <clears throat> go anywhere it wanted to from there. Um, which, something we did eventually was toured across the country a couple times. Just, like, while I was on a dance with tour anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so nice. We yeah. got to meet people in, like... Vancouver and Victoria and Edmonton and Saskatoon and New York and just get to talk to a bunch of different artists and all over the place, which we wouldn't have been able to do, I'm yeah. um, still operating out of the radio station. So that was cool. We ran it for three years straight, never missing a week, which was really cool.
1: That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and then uh, it kind of, we went through a transition period where uh, some, like, like, Throughout the history of the podcast, people have come and gone in terms of collaboration, collaborators, and now it's currently just myself working on the project, and uh, it doesn't come out weekly anymore. It comes out probably about monthly, just okay. when, when the opportunity arises to yeah. do an interview. That's cool. The Dirty feet. So we have, like... <laughs> 170 some odd episodes and our goal from the get-go was to make them um often we're talking to people right before they produce a show uh, as promotion for them yeah but they're not all time specific and Mm -hmm. a lot of them hold up on their own we've talked to some really exciting people that if you are also dance nerds you would be excited about (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's been great it's been an awesome experience for me as a creator to get to pick the brain of mm-hmm. other creators. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's, that's, it's totally, it's totally,
1: uh, it's, it's really, really interesting because you don't, everyone has a different story and has a different background and, and you never know what you're going to learn from the other person. And, and I think it, it, uh, promotes collaboration as well. And, mm-hmm. and just a way of just meeting other people who are doing, who are, have the same kind of struggles as you or, or have the same kind of, You know, goals and passions and stuff, and it's it just sort of feeds that engine, doesn't it? You know.
0: Mm Hmm. Absolutely. Inspired. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Allison's my little podcast guru. (laughs) She was very helpful when I was starting to do this, and I was like,
0: I don't know what to do.
1: (laughs) My pleasure. Saying about um, uh, audience education, how do you feel about shows like Dancing with the Stars and like Strictly Come Dancing from the UK and all that kind of stuff that sort of promotes dance but not like it obviously it's not promoting contemporary dance really, but how do you feel about those kinds of shows?
0: I mean, ultimately, they're awesome, yeah. Like, registration, especially like with boys and dance, has skyrocketed since those kinds of shows. Oh, were.
1: awesome, okay, like,
0: like hip hop being. Uh, like a a dance that you can learn in a studio and and practice and do and shows like people Mm -hmm. just went crazy and it's awesome like and and there was definitely like a period of time where uh, myself and all my colleagues like every time you mentioned you were a dance artist somebody would say oh have you auditioned for yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you think so you think you can dance yeah um no but for for all the It's jazz, basically. Okay. In 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 my opinion, they just kind of everything's about kicks and spins and impressive acrobatic jazz stuff, and Mm -hmm. then they throw a different title on it and put a different costume. But it's ultimately all kind of the same flashy style. Um, So it's not like it's not necessarily a great representation of kind of the the professional contemporary dance industry in Canada. Yeah, which is. Which needs more representation, but at the same time, it's done something for dance that, that wasn't happening. Yeah. In terms of making it more popular and and showing a different side of it other than, than ballet, so I think that's I think it's great. Ultimately, I think it's awesome. Yeah,
1: that's well, that's how my boyfriend says is about strictly, um, strictly come dancing in the UK, which is ballroom. Okay. And he, you know, he just like, who would have thought that this would have been popular? like the idea of you know taking sort of minor celebrities and getting them to ballroom dance like it just it seems like it's a weird concept and yet it's like it just it gets you hooked
0: but people love dance people love musicals people love those old movies with all mm-hmm. those awesome top dance scenes in them like yeah. people love music videos yeah that and i yeah love dance and
1: i think it's one of those things too you just don't know you like it until you you see it yeah. type thing because i i never would have thought of of ballroom, because for, for, for me, I'm, I watch Strictly, that's my thing. Because <laughs> um, uh, one of my, well, girl that I worked with in the summer, just won Strictly, actually. And so oh, wow. I So I started. I started watching it because of her, and then and then uh, and so it got to the point where I was like, oh, I don't know, that move was this, and that you know, and you would get really kind of into awesome. the whole the whole thing, and, and so I've been like telling my boyfriend, let's go take a dance class, right. and he's like, oh no, I don't want to do it. Blah blah blah. Anyways, but I think anything that educates an audience in that is going to sort of promote it, but I think and create it's, curiosity, right? Yeah, and then maybe they'll go and see. A completely different kind of dance show. Another yeah, day. Only like hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's like I, I saw a thing. It was an interview by Chelsea Handler, I think, with um, of all people. Where is this going? This comment um, with the mayor of LA. Okay. And he was talking about um, they were talking about Trump and all these things, and um, he was saying that you know people make a bigger deal of the federal election, but what's more important is is voting locally and you're in your municipality so what are the changes that you can make locally rather than on a federal level and that you know when you're making those things that directly impact you that's that's when you have more power as a as a as a citizen rather Mm -hmm. than your vote of a federal thing and so I guess my my point is just that how important it is for what you're doing in the dance community versus like it's nice that we have stuff like dancing with the stars and blah 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 but it's really important to promote dance and the art in your community because if you can get them to 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 get have an interest in it or to try it then it's more likely that these things
0: will get funding in the future and get recognition yeah because it's it's about it's about uh, how many people that you touch and it's yeah hard to touch them from an impersonal place yeah me about what you're doing tell me about your projects okay in the future in the future well i mean there's one in june which i'm really excited about and when you were asking me about creation um i mean this wasn't part of your question but so, like like in terms of like sourcing sources of inspiration like Yeah. this one in particular is a book and it's not the first time i've been inspired by a book to create a dance show okay but this one's uh jitterbug perfume by tom robbins okay um and it's all about immortality the show is going to be called do you want to live forever uh-huh and so I'm, um, my collaboration with the musician in this case is funding dependent. Okay. Uh, so I may, I may recycle tracks that, that have already been created um, by friends rather than engage a composer to create new stuff, um, depending on whether or not I get uh, some of the stuff I've applied for. But the, the main sources, uh, my main collaboration is going to be with, with Travis. Okay. I was going to be doing a lot of writing poetry for the work, awesome, uh, and performing it as well. And then I have uh, a, a local Ottawa dancer who's going to be performing, and I'm really excited. She's one of those powerhouses that I mentioned oh, earlier. It cool. just like blows <laughs> your mind when you see them perform. So I'm really excited oh, about having nice. Ali on the project. And there's a couple other cast members who don't know that they're involved yet. But <laughs> it is going to be um, much more um, narrative, I think, than the other okay. work. And and have that that multi like theatrics and poetry and and dance, in there. And uh, I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. It's in it's very early stages. It's still like six months away, but it's be you're like beaming though when you talk about it. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm really excited. Well, and a lot of this like I've done research on this for like a couple years already. I've been working with a theater artist in Toronto and we kind of work together whenever we find ourselves in the same city. And we've oh, been nice. finding a lot of inspiration in 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 the subject matter. So so it's. It's just it's just ready to just be organized and put into a show oh, basically, good. so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I think, I think that maybe does it for for projects. I'm going to continue to teach my classes. I'm also teaching kids, which is a lot of fun. Uh-huh. and yeah. uh, I'm teaching kind of teenagers too in a different studio, and uh, we're going to be doing creation together. so oh, good. I'm gonna um, kind of give them tools to create their own choreography for their end of year show, awesome. and I'm really looking forward to that. And they're they're uh, really enthusiastic about it too. That's so great. That's fun. So it's another level of, of teaching. How do you see the future
1: of do you do you see the future of art in that way as mm-hmm. being sort of a m- way more collaborative in between sort of interdisciplinary uh, collaboration like or or do you think we're gonna find new art forms because of collaboration?
0: I think well, I think that's certainly my journey right now, I think it, especially in school, I did a lot of like pure dance projects where it's like everything was about the body, like minimalist costumes, like as you know silence, if I can get away with it, just just like dance for dance's sake, let's just break it down, yeah, um, and I think it, this discussion of like. Um, am I trying to feed people something that they don't want? And what what is appropriate to put on stage, and what is appropriate for me to do because I enjoy? Like I, I think my journey has been definitely more multidisciplinary. Um, I've done a lot of work where it's comedic, um, so a little bit of clowning and dance, and uh, and yeah, and and live music has been such a such a draw too for mm. for my choreographic work. So I think. I think in terms of trying to satisfy an audience um, and have something relevant to share, I think I've reached out to different disciplines to do that. Um, globally, I think certainly contemporary dance is all about blending, it's all about um, collaboration with different art forms. Uh, I expect more of that will happen, for sure.
1: Next time on the podcast, we'll hear from another Montreal artist. So make sure to subscribe on iTunes. And if you feel compelled to, write us a review. Why not? You can also submit yourself as an artist to the podcast by visiting the website, theworkingartspodcast.com. On the website, you can also get all the latest news from the previous artists who have been on the show, as well as Allison's. To everyone who's already subscribed, thank you. You are awesome. Can't wait for you to listen to episode nine. See you later. Bye. I want a story others would want to tell. To say I ran, I fell, I explored the unknown. I want my portrait colored with faults and power. Shaded by darkest hours that began my face. I have lived a passionate life. I've sung songs of mourning, of strife. I have won wars with the drum and the fife. Couldn't you?
0: Been listening to Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns with a few thank yous. First to Paula Flalo and the No More Radio Network. Also to Mainline Theatre and Montreal Improv Theatre. And to all present and past team members who can be found on our website, dirtyfeetpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet.